dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going hey man hey 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 man i had a terrible crisis of faith uh getting ready for this episode because i don't think it is overstating it to say that I have watched a lot of the Simpsons in yes. my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the newer stuff. Cause you know, I'm old now and they had a couple bad seasons that sort of turned me off to it. But those first like 20 years, I've, I've probably watched some of those episodes dozens and dozens of times. So when I was looking at my show notes and I was like, Oh, played a Simpsons game. It'll be easy to come up with a Simpsons theme joke to open the episode <laughs> with. My soul just fractured into a million pieces trying to settle on one because there surely is a perfect reference out there, but I didn't have the time and fortitude to say for sure I had found it. So I just, I don't have one. I just don't have a Simpsons themed opening joke. All I have is this story and I'm okay with that. So, so basically the, the, the opening if if like the opening was a party and and this was it be b y o b b you know you know that that the extra b there it's a typo <laughs> you <laughs> look so proud of yourself i i am <laughs> homer's b y o b b barbecue the extra b stands for b y o b b what does that extra b stand for <laughs> it's a typo <laughs> See, and this is why I also don't put joke titles on the podcast episodes because then you got to spend a bunch of time obsessing over like, oh, what line from the episode was so funny that it deserves to be the title of the episode. It's, it's, it's too much. The pressure. I can't take it. It's too much. It's too much. So uh, what do we play? We played um, Simpsons, comma, the colon Bart Simpsons nightmare, <laughs> or at least it, it, how, how I alphabetized it in my library. No, we played um, the Simpsons, uh, Bart, Bart Simpsons nightmare, um, or Bart, Bart's nightmare. Bart's nightmare. Yeah. Bart's nightmare. Yeah. Uh, for the SNES. And this was, uh, this was another one that I did to us. Um, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. Do, when was it released? All that good stuff. Uh, so. I, you know, we, we take our, our commitment to not doing above and beyond research pretty seriously, but yes. I, I do grab the Wikipedia article to always put in the show notes. And that is where I tend to get the release date every once in a while. I have to just straight up Google for it. Cause it's like, Oh, they put the North American release, but we played the re-release or something weird, right? Where I have to go outside that, but it's, it's pretty easy to not accidentally read a bunch of academic papers on why a game was designed the way it was. So, so for this on the Wikipedia article, it says 1992. And I was like, when in 1992? And so I Googled for it and I just Googled, you know, Bart's nightmare release date. And usually it pops up in the knowledge box on Google. And it right. just says 1992. Cause that's surely what they just pulled from Wikipedia. And I was like, right. huh? And so I just looked at like a couple like gaming magazines and stuff like from when the game came out. And I was like, oh, well, maybe they'll say like, oh, when it comes out later this month on July 4th or something like that. And I just 
without risking being exposed to stuff that felt illegitimate, I couldn't find it. So all I, all I know is 1992. 1992. That's all you need to know. Like not enough said. Um, yes. So, uh, so yeah, no, we played, we played Bart nine, Bart's nightmare. My nostalgia experience for this is this is absolutely one that I owned and I, Oh God, I played this game so many hours, so many hours, dude. Like, to, and it was weird though because this is one where because we've been doing this for a little bit now um where you know there's been a couple times where you were like hey you have a game from your childhood you want to play i'm like i don't know i think we've kind of hit on a lot of the ones that i i played a lot of you know um until for whatever reason i was just scrolling through like generic games lists and it this was just like a oh my god i played this game and then when i booted it up and like started playing it, i was like Oh, I played this game a lot, like a lot, a lot, like, uh, you know, dilated. Yeah, no. And I mean, like literally, so each, each time when a thing would happen, it was almost, almost jarring. Like the, the, the one example I can give is, um, when you, and we probably talk, talk about this more in, uh, in audio, but, uh, when you come near dying, um, in the main stage, right? You know, everything kind of goes to white a little bit, and, you go, and it's still the same music, but a lot of it drops out. It's just the beat, and he goes like, "Hey, man, hey, man, hey, man," <laughs> and that I was like, "Oh, I have heard that a lot." You know, like so. Yeah, it was just it, this was a weird one for me because I was rediscovering the game because I could not have point blank told you anything about it, but each thing that I did, I was like. You know, I, I've been, it was the exact opposite of Gandalf where he's like, I have, I have no memory of this place. Like, I have crystal clear memory of the place. <laughs> I have like, only I memories you, of this place. Yes. Like, like I now don't have memories of other places because <laughs> of the memories I now have of this place. It's, uh, but how about it's, you? It's like when you, you think something's going to be bright or spicy or whatever, but you have no idea how bright or how spicy. So like you stare right at it or you put the whole pepper in your mouth or whatever. And you're just like, ah, <laughs> also known as my kids every time. So I figured out, um, the way to get my kids to stop begging for food, like hobos, um, which is just like <laughs> all my food spicy. So everything I eat is super spicy. And at a certain frequency, they'll forget that I do that. And they're like, I want to bite. And I'm like, here you go. And I don't, I don't say anything. I just like, here you go. And just, yeah, it was that look where like, like they take a bite of it and they're like, yeah. Oh, you know what it is? It's the, uh, <laughs> it's the same look as when, um, in Superman two, when, uh, Superman bows before Zod and then crushes his <laughs> hand. It's that, that was the look on my face. Like every time, you know, I'd open a new door or something like that. I was like, <gasps> that. see, and we're going to circle back to that because the, the similar experience I had there was one of crippling pain in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, my experience for this game is I didn't own this, but I had several friends who owned this and it was a rental. So because I loved the Simpsons, like I dipped back into the Simpsons games a lot. Um, For me, it was predominantly the two, I think that were on the NES um, where you also play as Bart. Um, And then there was of course the arcade game, which I didn't spend a lot of time in arcades, but to me, arcades were big rooms that had a bunch of things between me and the Simpsons arcade game and yep. between me and the Turn- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, right? Like, yep, those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know what that the, I don't know what all those other things were for. They were just obstacles between me and those two cabinets. Sometimes they were obstacles between me and uh, Marvel versus Capcom, too. Ooh. It, it's weird. Arcades like just bring 
the fighter out in people because like i don't really spend a lot of time playing fighters on consoles but man when you go into an arcade oh yeah no that's that's just where it was at but yeah no i mean i remember going into the simpsons arcade game was definitely one where i just all i needed was twenty dollars and just that arcade cabinet and you know people would other people would walk up and 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 the things you'd always play is lisa because she had the longest you know attack you know but anyways that's that's not the game we played (laughs) um I do want to uh, give a shout out to a particular listener who was talking to me in the Twitch chat uh, while I was playing Resident Evil 3, which is going to be our next game. And he was like, oh, what are you playing after this? And I was like, oh, this is actually an episode away. There's there's another one coming up. But I didn't want to stream that one <laughs> because reasons. And he was like, oh, what is it? And I was like, no, it's going to be a surprise for you now. <laughs> <laughs> So this is, this is the surprise. Yeah. Um, but we have, uh, gotten some nice new people on Twitter talking to us and that's always lovely. Uh, some new people hanging out in Twitch chat when I stream for this and other things. Um, we got a new patron, uh, which, you know, welcome. Thank you for your support and love and kindness. Um, just general thanks for being supportive all around. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, again, you know, it's the, uh, (laughs) social activities that we really, uh, (laughs) That we really enjoy, but um, but outside of that, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we 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 appreciate the support, and it lets us keep doing what we do, which is amongst other thing, looking at the visuals of this game. Good job. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm very proud of what I've done today. Uh, so, uh, visuals. We, uh, okay, so we've kind of talked a little bit about this game outside of the episode, and so I get the feeling that kind of going into this that we're not going to have the same opinion. So I'm gonna. I'm going to hold back a lot of times and let you set the tone. And <laughs> well, so I, I actually, I have an interesting story about that. Uh, okay. that I, I will also save for the end, but here's my thing with the visuals in this game. When we're talking literally just like the artwork, right? right? Um, simple cartoon characters translate to pixel art really well. And yep. You don't get a whole lot simpler than early era Simpsons, right? They they weren't right. doing fancy things with computers at this time. Uh, in the you know in the animation, it was all hand drawn. Um, they didn't do a lot of shading. Everything was very flat. Lots of solid bright colors, right? It, it was simple, like a child could draw it. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. They were iconic shapes and super strong, bold designs, and and like that. The yellow skin, right? Is you immediately think Simpsons, right? It's just. There, there's no question that simple here is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. What I struggled with is uh, translating those visuals to a video game should have been really simple, but I got the sense that some of the people who did the artwork were not actually Simpsons fans or maybe even knew what it w- looked like because there's this thing called sellout and it's S E L out selective outlines. And it's when you choose as a pixel artist not to give everything a solid black outline. These things should all have solid black outlines and they regularly do. But then like Bart doesn't except sometimes he does. But like on the overworld map, like right when the game loads, like Bart lands, you know, in the middle of the street and he has a Bart colored outline. Like the outline on his head is a darker yellow and the outline on his shirt is a darker shirt and the outline on his pants is a darker pants, right? Like everything is done that way. And that art style is fine, but it's just, why not a solid black outline? That's what the Simpsons look like. It would have been more accurate to give him a solid black outline. So it just, Hmm. 
like it, it's not the artwork isn't bad. I just, I was like, why would you make this artistic choice when you have the source material to replicate? Like <laughs> usually the problem is that you can't perfectly replicate the source material, but they totally could have and weirdly chose not to. Yeah, no, uh, that clearly didn't bother me because I did not notice it until like you were saying it. And then I had to go look up, like as you were talking, I was looking up the visual to be like, wait, what? For my see, at least I felt that, uh, you know, they, yeah, that, that, I mean, cl- clearly that is everything you said is true. Um, but yeah, I, I really did feel that, you know, to your point is that, yeah, you know, uh, the visuals translated, translated pretty well for me. There were definitely some areas where, um, I felt that, you know, the, the animation was a little bit like in the uncanny Valley in the sense that, um, you know, like the Simpsons, when they animate stuff, they are not beholden to pixels, you know? So like, and one of the things that I think that the Simpsons does very, very well is getting a lot, a lot of, <laughs> of leg, leg work out of very simplistic design. And I know that this was when, you know, the computers were involved, but if you look at like the Simpsons movie, um, when, you know, Marge is cleaning up all of this, the, the pig hoof marks, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then she goes like, how did they get on the ceiling? And then it cuts to Homer going spider pig, spider pig. And then it cuts back to Marge and the look is just like flat, but everything just screams. Why is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, like they're just completely dumbfounded, you know? So it is very much so a lot of times like the, 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 the animation is simple enough that it allows you to project your own emotions upon it. Um, this animation, however, is beholden to pixels. So there were definitely times when they were hitting the uncanny valley for me where I was like, ah, that, that, that looks weird because it doesn't look as good as I think it should. The, exempl- the exemplar of that would be um, when Bart's fighting Itchy and Scratchy in the Itchy and Scratchy verse. He is in a perpetual state of like losing his mind, you know, where he's Heaving just like... Heaving chest, mouth yeah. agape, yes. Yeah, like terrified, right? Um and I mean, so if one that kind of colors the the whole thing a little bit different. Where he's like, he is literally having a nightmare at that point because being in his itching, he's not happy to be in the itching scratchy cartoon. <laughs> he is terrified. Um, but that that whole the way he looked because his face isn't moving or changing; it's just constantly mouth agape. That looked like weird to me. So there were there were items like that. But overall, I felt that um, that the artwork was. It it did look like a Simpsons game. It didn't look like Sormsons, you know. It, <laughs> no, it didn't look like Sorny or or a Magnavorks. And and I do I do think that that's to their credit that they mostly tried to just stay on brand. Big flat colors, right? Like all the characters are immediately recognizable. Um, but then even there, like they made some weird, uncanny valley choices in the direction of total static, like. When you're in the 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 um, uh, Bartman level and you fight mm-hmm. Smithers in like the dirigible, like mm-hmm. he's not moving very fast, and so you can see that his face does not change. Like he's like a paper doll of Smithers in a dirigible, right? And it's I get it, animation's difficult and expensive and time consuming, but then maybe at least make him like look forward because he's awkwardly staring right into the camera, so. Mm you you're just aware that someone is making eye contact with you at all times and it's weird right so there there's just little places where it feels like they 
adequately copied the artwork, even above it, they did a great job copying the artwork, but it's, it doesn't feel super lifelike, which, you know, is a ridiculous way to describe it, but it, it doesn't feel animated. And this is actually right. a complaint that a lot of people have about the, the, uh, later seasons of the Simpsons cartoon, because more and more and more of that animation is done on a computer and it's super obvious because everything is perfect all the time and it still looks hand drawn because they can duplicate that style, but they can't yet really duplicate the feel. If you go back and you watch some of like season one of the Simpsons, there are times where literally their heads turn away from the bottom jaw because yes. it's 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 the way you would like cartoonishly wind up a punch. They're cartoonishly winding up their response. And so their yes. their head does something it's body horror. I mean it's terrifying yes. if you watch it in slow motion, but you don't. It only it's a few frames and then it's over. And there's not a lot in the game that does that where they dip into a crazy cartoony animation and you might have missed it, right? The heaving chest and the the gaping mouth, if that was a reaction to something, then you would say like, oh, that that's cool. Like he's really like nervous that Itchy and Scratchy are going to murder him. But the fact that he's just standing there with the panic heaving chest and the mouth agape, even when Itchy and Scratchy have been dispatched and you need to go up the stairs is like, dude, calm down. Like, are you, are you, are you having some kind of episode? Like, do you need help? Like it, it takes away from the cartooniness of it by over overdoing it. Well, and, and I think that, you know, for a game of this era, I'm not sure that they had the uh, hardware capabilities to really kind of do that cartoonish animation. But that being said is I don't think that that was the limiting factor because um, later when they did have that ability they decided to actually put the simpsons in three dimensions which why would you do that you know it's like you know so and and i'm sure there's been a bajillion of these simpsons games so i'm sure they've done this at some point but it's like you know what would be awesome is if the people who made like cuphead made a simpsons game visually like that would work really well you know um i was actually watching a video on a different simpsons game where it was a more recent one and so they did like that kind of cell shading you know where it's like Eh, again it's not that's not the simpsons you know um but (laughs) bart picks up a thing called the simpsons game because it's all meta you know and he goes the simpsons game i thought the only simpsons game was the one where we all pretend dad's not an alcoholic yeah and i was like oh oh no uh but anyway so so yeah so i felt that the overall animation style um yeah it was it, it it's unmistakably the simpsons um i definitely feel that uh that the cartoonishness of it all like the 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 visuals that they chose in in that sense kind of made sense and stuck you know like where for instance barney riding a pink elephant and belching at you like that that's on brand you know um lisa as like and i and and i guess this is kind of visuals kind of gameplay but i thought it was fun to kind of see bart's representation of everything like lisa as a fairy princess who turns people into frogs you know like up who riding the magic carpet because it was the 90s and he's a racist little kid yeah exactly like you you know you know i mean um even uh being indiana jones like there's the indiana jones level because that was super popular at the time you know um so i felt that that in the same way that in the simpsons you can always tell what they're referencing in the game you could kind of always tell what they were referencing you know so i thought that was pretty good um 
the hitbox was hot, hot garbage. Just hot, just the worst. Hot garbage. So oh, bad. Man, so bad. So bad. <laughs> yeah, especially like, and we can talk about this more in in gameplay. But I never mastered the ability to jump over the Jebediah heads in the um, overworld. <laughs> yeah. To the point where I just kind of gave up on it. I just started walking around them. Like, I, I didn't know the advantage to jumping over them. Like, if there was anything I was getting other than score points and and not having to kind of, like, awkwardly walk around them. But, uh, but yeah, oh man, it was so bad, dude. It was so bad. Like, and, and, and that's... The hitbox being bad kind of pervades into all of the sub-games as well. You know, like... Sure when does. Yeah, when you're Bart climbing the tower... Um, there were some times when, you know, somebody would like look outside of a window and drop something and I was like walking past them and sometimes it hit me and sometimes it wouldn't. And I was like, I I don't know, like you just have to kind of be at peace with the fact that it's just not going to make sense when you get hit all of the time. Which, which feels like a failing because these characters are such simple kind of blocky shapes, like defining Bart's hitbox should not have been a technical challenge. His right? head's a box. Yeah. Like they even make fun of it in the show where he's like, wait, where, where does, where does my head end and the hair begin? <laughs> this is like, Oh God, mine too. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So uh, when your head is a rectangle and you have to define everything with squares, you can have some small overlapping squares that make up the rectangle, right? Like this, this should not be that hard. Um, th- this is very much a, a design choice that is, not only has not aged well, it's hard to believe anybody was happy about it back then. I don't think anyone picked this up or us as kids. And we were like, Oh, this feels very fair and in my favor. Right. Um, what I really struggled with, uh, when it came to visuals is the UI by which I mean, there isn't always one. So yeah, in some let's, we don't, we don't always do this, but I think for this, uh, complaint to make any damn sense, I have to explain this. Uh, you start in the overworld, which is just like an endless street in both directions. Correct. And you have uh, seeds, watermelon seeds, you have bubble gum, and you have Z's, and the Z's are your health. But and only- soda. And soda, yeah. But you don't, you don't see that in the HUD until you pick it up. Right. So uh, you land watermelon seeds, uh, Z's, and um, bubble gum. And uh, they never tell you what any of those things do. Um, but the seeds you can run out of the bubble gum, you can run out of and the Z's you can run out of, and then you die and it's game over when you go into the mini games, uh, which is what all the levels are, right? That's the entire game. Yeah. The game is the mini game. Yeah. You have, um, sometimes you have a little picture of Bart with like a kingdom hearts style, uh, like radial, um, uh, health meter. And the visuals on that are freaking awesome. Like yes, it's it's colored, you know, like green down to red and, you know, like orange and yellows in the middle. Um, As you get more hurt, Bart looks first like unwell, then like deathly ill, then like a zombie and then a skeleton when you die. And it's yeah. it's a super uh, cute little animation because when you um resurrect in the levels where you have lives, which isn't all of them. I'll get to that. Um, when, <laughs> when you resurrect and you, uh, your health meter fills back up, it, it literally fills back up. So it starts as the skeleton and then you become a zombie and it's not, it doesn't just flash between static images. It actually, he grows back into health. And yes. it, it's, it's honestly, it's probably the most lovingly 
animated part of the entire game. There's more frames of animation in that friggin' health meter than in, <laughs> in some of the boss fights. Well, and, and they all look like Bart, you know, like, so, you know, like when he looks kind of like a little disgruntled, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, like when he's like looks ill and then, you know, like on death's door and like when he becomes a skeleton, he's like hanging over it, like very dramatic, like yeah. a, like a 10 year old, yeah. you know, the skull uh, still has the little spikes. So it's obviously yeah. the silhouette of his head. But yeah, no, he literally, he looks like Bart, you know? Um, yeah, it, it, to, to your point, I don't know why all of the animations weren't that lovingly crafted. But yeah, one of the notes I literally have is there's just a great visual for Bart's health, you know? Um, but to your point, uh, <laughs> not all the levels have that HUD. There's quite a few of them that don't. And it's very unclear because of that lack of visual what the loss condition is. You know, like mm-hmm. like a lot of it, and we'll probably stray into this more into gameplay mechanics, but a lot of it is um, practice gameplay, you know, where you just, you gotta, you gotta get got the first time. You're like, oh, okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's a thing that happens. Like a, a great example, and this is definitely straying into mechanics, but just to put it together with visuals is uh, in, in the blood level, right? Where you're in the bloodstream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, cool looking you know looks kind of neat uh but so there's no hut no nothing right it turns out that there there are some guys with spiky hats and they can stab at you forever it doesn't matter like because like as long as they stab you it's not a problem then there are other people who throw bombs if one bomb hits you you're out it's like okay so that's really weird in and of itself but but then the, the the wind condition is ill-defined. Like, what, what are you trying to do? So you just kind of start messing around and start blowing up the little blood cells until they pop. And then all of a sudden, a piece of homework appears. And you're like, ah, that's what I want. And it's covered with like a radioactive outline. And there's a radioactive guy who like floats it, through. Yeah, it's the little mascot. Right, which I've seen a lot of Simpsons, man. I don't watch season one that regularly. I don't remember that. Like, was he in season one? Oh, like, yeah. He's, he's in some of the like little safety videos. Cause he's, huh. he's supposed to be, you know what he is? He's the, um, he's the radiation, like nuclear energy version of the DNA from Jurassic park. He, yeah. He's that he's a kid friendly safety video, like radiation sure will kill you partner. And he's got like the little yeah. cowboy hat. Yeah. Just, I just didn't remember the character from the show, but he, he, was, anyway, yeah, he so- was present very early. And then like, it's just gone forever. Yeah. Uh, he he was like the uh um capital city what's it, you know? Like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um or uh uh bleeding gums murphy. But anyways, that's not the point. So anyways, he starts starts going through um the level, right? And uh and so you, you hit him and it starts putting brakes in the little force field around the homework, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But you probably would have to play the level three or four times before you even know what it is that you're trying to do, you know, outside. So, so yeah, so the, the lack of HUD, the lack of objectives, all of that, the game visually in each of the mini stages does a terrible job telegraphing what your end goal or end game is. They kind of give you an idea for what directionally what you're trying to do, like, you know, it doesn't take long for you to figure out that the blood cells are trying to kill you or when you're Bartzilla that the helicopters are trying to kill you, you know? Like, that doesn't, isn't a problem, but trying to figure out, like, okay, so I know what the the 
directionally what the loss condition is, but I have no idea what the win condition is. And I don't know, like, can I take one hit? Can I take five hits? Can I take, like, when you're Bartzilla, you can get hit a fair amount before all of a sudden yeah, it's game and, over. And those two levels are good examples because the Bartzilla level has no HUD, just like the Bloodstream yeah. level has no HUD. In the Bloodstream level, you're one and done. In the Bartzilla level, you can get hammered before you die. And for some insane reason, there's no death animation on Barzilla. It literally just fades to black, but the game keeps playing and the controls keep working. Like each mini game, I swear to God was made by like a totally different team. We will get to all this. Um, And, and, and also too, just to, to, for the HUD thing, um, in, in the Indiana Jones one, you also don't have a HUD, but you have two lives, you know, not three, which is what you have in the levels where you can see how many lives you have. Right, not three. You just get two shots at that level. So it's not one and done like in the bloodstream level. It's not take a million hits, but still you only have one life. Like if the game ends, it's just it's done and you're back out of that dream. Um, this one you can you can straight up die, but you can die twice, and it's it just there's no rhyme or reason to it. And the lack of HUD to bring it back to visuals because we're not talking about gameplay at all. Not even a little bit. We haven't touched on it. Nope. It's it's completely yeah, yeah separate it's, it's chapters. Yeah, absolutely. And we're clean about that. And we always are. <laughs> that and self-reflection are the two things we're the best at. So, um, but, but the lack of HUD is what is that the, 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 they, they could do all of those things. They could have all of this weirdness. You got to have a HUD that tells you what the holy hell is going on. Well, the, the thing that actually made this jump out at me was not the sometimes presence of the health meter and the sometimes presence of the lives counter. Um, I mean, that's super obvious. But the thing that actually uh, like brought my blood to the boil was I was like, wait a minute. In most of these mini games, or not most, in several of these mini games, you have a weapon that has ammo, and none of them have ammunition. You can just fire them unlimited forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. In fact, some of the level design they clearly expect you to be doing that. So why on the overworld? Do you have a limited amount of watermelon seeds in bubblegum? The one and only place where they bother to give you an ammo counter is the place where it matters the least. Well, I think that, that the reason why for the bubblegum, it's important to know how much bubblegum you have left is because that directly ties to how much health you have. You know? No, it does not. Your Z's or your health. You, but the way you get Z's is with bubblegum. But you can get more bubblegum in all of the, the levels where you have to use your weapon to defend yourself. You can't lose or acquire more ammunition. Once you have the weapon, it shoots forever. Yes, but but I think that it's important for the people to and, and again, you know, it's six one. But so, so where they up the difficulty curve is in the hub. Isn't that an yeah. isn't that an odd choice? Yes. Yes, it is. And that's that's kind of another one of my again it's gameplay and we never <laughs> breach that wall doing that. <laughs> but but that's that's one of the problems is that yeah the the hub world is the most difficult part of this game which was a bizarre choice so um, let, let's just let's talk about audio and then we'll be able to get to mechanics sooner. <laughs> uh the one the one other yeah the one other minor um well, two two minor things I want to mention about visuals which is in in the hub world i think it's fascinating in the sense that like you are always dead center in the screen right which is and so you could say that about mario you can say that about all all of these other games but the interesting thing and you don't notice it it's it, it, until like it, it's done wrong which is um 
in Mario, there's always some give, right? So like if you're moving to the right, like you'll you'll get ahead of the, the, the camera a little bit and then it'll recenter on you, right? Or if you jump back, it'll, you know, you jump, you jump around and then the camera lags, right? That's not true in the hub world. In the hub world, it is dead on you all the time, which means that you effectively, when you jump, you don't have a jump arc. You jump and remain stationary and the world continues <laughs> to pass under you at a certain rate, which makes it, really difficult to plan jumps that plus the hot garbage hitbox makes it like impossible to to really do any jumping platforming and the fact that that's the core principle of the hub world and it does it poorly both by how it handles your movement and how the hitbox is handled makes it way more difficult and way more problematic and the least fun part of the game which we'll touch on in mechanics but that's another thing that i think visually is done that that makes the hub world really weird. It's like, why would you make the camera so tight to Bart? That the one other real just kind of nice thing that's just kind of a throwaway thing is I just kind of like how the the ending changes based on how well you do, and it's just such a simple thing of like how upset the family is at you, or you know how much uh, disbelief Lisa's expressing. <laughs> yes, yeah, you get the A. She's like, what? Um, but uh. Yeah, anyways, and actually, um, and we can get to, to music here in a second. This is a little bit of an offshoot tangent, but that scene caused Megan and I to have a very in-depth conversation on where the root cause problem of the Simpsons is, like, within their family. Mm-hmm. Because we went back and forth, because basically I said, like, oh, the poor family, they're always disappointed in Bart. But, I mean, to be fair, Bart's doing the best he can with an alcoholic, abusive father. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, Homer's really the problem there. And then she countered with, well, that and Marge is enabling. And then I thought about it and not to to take anything away from Homer because he is a tragic dumpster fire, right? He is also well documented to have a number of actual ailments, including having a crayon permanently lodged in his brain, right? So he actually has mental disabilities that he's only allowed to continue functioning because of Marge's enabling, you know? Yeah. Like, if Marge, Marge, what Marge is, it's incumbent upon her to do is like, do the right thing, leave him. She should leave him, take the kids and refer him to like, like help. actual psychological <laughs> help. Yeah. Like needs professional help um, that Marge is ill-equipped to give. So I was just, I, all of a sudden I was like, wait, is Marge the bad guy? I don't know. That's a little philosophical. But anyways, this, this little ending scene is what brought us down that rabbit hole of, uh, of that. So audio. Um, so if you had done those two stories in the reverse order, that would have been a great way to mention that in the hub world, uh, when you're doing your platforming, um, every time <laughs> Bart jumps, it goes, dude, it's the worst. It is the worst. <laughs> like I would rather just take damage because then at least he just goes like, Ugh! and that is actually a really good sampling because that's the the noise he makes when he takes damage as well as like a handful of other expressions like just you know generic noises that people make um they're they're not synthetic sounds they are samplings of real voice actor recordings and granted super nintendo like they don't sound great but because it's already super cartoony and those characters already have kind of crazy over the top voices in the earlier part of the show they have a pretty believable transition to the the cartridge right so when you jump and it makes this 
Like that was not me making fun of that noise. That is what that noise sounds like. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why. Like I, I have no idea what that could possibly be referencing. It's 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 bananas. But then when you take damage, it's actually the voice actress uh, for Bart, whose name escapes me, unfortunately. Is it Yeraldy Smith? No, that's Lisa. Crap. Anyway, the the voice actress yeah. for Bart, it's her going like, Ugh! or the, you know, they grabbed it from the show maybe, and then they they sampled it down to something that the Super Nintendo could produce, and it it sounds good, like it sounds really good. Nancy Cartwright. Yeah, her. That's what I said. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not Yearly Smith. Yeah. Thank God that yeah. no one could possibly go back and check to see what I actually said. That would, that would be so embarrassing. That would be so embarrassing for you. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, it, they 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 did actually pull those um, voice lines from The Simpsons, which is nice. I thought, okay, so this is almost certainly my nostalgic goggles. I really like the music in um, the Overworld theme. I think it does a good job, like kind of paying homage to the Simpsons kind of riff because it does have that dun dun dun, but it kind of does its own little thing, you know. So I really enjoyed that. Um, the rest of the music is just weird both the music in all of the the stages is in and of itself bizarre but what is also bizarre is when they chose to have it you know which is weird because a lot of the stages don't have any and then the silence becomes deafening like um you know like the itchy and scratchy world that has has background music that's cool um the bloodstream level has background music and and that's neat the indiana jones one doesn't but i can give that a pass because it's supposed to sound like oh, empty and eerie yeah, there, there's echoey cavern noises and like water dripping noises but there should maybe be a little bit more music and not that like close to the bare metal ambiance sound yeah. effects yeah no I, I i definitely think there should be something but i'd be willing to give that a pass if that was the only one but then there's there's the bartzilla one where like when you're Bartzilla and there's no background music, you're just wandering around throwing fireballs and zapping things with your eyes. And, and those sound effects, um, at least for me, like the zappy sound effects, like they sound kind of cool, you know, but they sound weird against nothing, you know? And, and I was just kind of like, why, why isn't there any music on this stage? You know? And, and also when you're climbing the building after that one, which is the only one that links one dream into another, which is weird. Um, there's no music. So I'm like, why did you decide to make the silence deafening in this stage? It's weird. Yeah. And you, know? you you would think if they said, okay, we have eight mini games or whatever it is, then we're going to have eight unique songs. And maybe the music department was just like, no, no, we're not. We're uh, not on this budget. We're not right. Uh, I could do five and it's like, okay, uh, then I need a, you know, a, a chill one. I need a tense one and I need like a scary one or whatever, right? You, you pick your three flavors, you reuse those across your eight levels, and then you have your one piece of music that's unique to the hub world, right? And then things like the theme song, like that doesn't count. They just literally digitize the Simpsons music. So like that's like when you first turn the game on, you get like those, right? They do their best to sample it. So that, that doesn't count. Nobody had to, they had to um, yeah. master it, but no one had to write that piece of music. And so to have the, the, the hub world song, I got to agree with you is actually it's it's I mean, it's not it's not my jam. I'm not going to like listen to that on on my my runs to keep me going. But it like it's it's good. It's it's fine piece of music. Yeah. The, the choice for silence 
is great if you are uh, making a sci-fi cartoon like Akira and you want to have a scene where he jumps into space and then you want to have that whole scene be totally silent because despite all the cool explosions, there wouldn't be any sounds, right? Like something like that, having that silence is like, ah, very good choice. But to have a bunch of levels where it's just like, yeah, we didn't ship music for these levels. Why not? We, um, we didn't ship music for these levels. No, I, I heard you, but, but why not? We didn't ship music for these levels. It's just, it's such an like, uh. <laughs> we didn't ship music for these levels. What? Why not? Look, I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back about this. It's like, Oh, well, let me get off that thing then. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it was just, that was, that was really weird. Um, Overall, too, I didn't really feel that there were too many times when, like, the the sound effects really gave me any additional information. Like, they weren't ever, um, from my seat, I mean, I know, like, the jumping animation or jumping noise you didn't, you didn't like, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, there's no walking noise, though. True, That's a plus. True story. Yeah, true, true, true that. But, no, I mean, like, I, I personally didn't find any of the sound effects offensive. I also didn't find them in formative really you know like there was at no point where you know i felt that that they were doing any legwork from a gameplay standpoint which again not all games do or need to do or even should do but um i i don't know like with with how difficult this game is i really felt oh no wait i take that back there was one time and i i didn't write it down in my notes i should i i, I meant to there's one time in the game that i can think of where they really pass stuff um to you through the audio cue which is in the bart um, Bartman episode, right? Episode the uh, level. Um, when you're fighting Mr. Burns, they you start hearing the him firing sound effect before he starts firing and comes onto the level, which cues you into when he's about to come on. Yeah. So that was good, and that that's a positive. But I really felt with the amount of nebulousness that is in every single level, um, there could have been just more to to help you know that there what the hell is going on and. And they didn't do that. Or just but that, to make the world feel more alive, right? Like it's just the sound effects aren't bad. They're just sparse and like a sea, right? They're just, yeah. they're like, other than that, the jumping noise, there weren't any other sound effects where I was like, oh, that's terrible choice. Why would they do that? This is super dumb, right? It's just a lot of like, eh, eh, Yep. Eh. Gameplay? Mechanics? So we need Girls? to talk about the controls specifically, right? Which is always a treat to me because these games are all played on the same friggin' controller. So to- I also have a note specifically on controls. So good. I'm interested if it's the same note. Good man. Oh no, I have several things to complain about. So, ah, cool. so we had, there's a bigger surface area for us to have overlapped. Um, I found uh, a lot of the controls to be insultingly bad. Um, <laughs> for example, <laughs> In the hub world and in one of the mini games, but I apologize, I don't remember which one. If you pause the game, any button will unpause the game, but not in all of the mini games, only in one of the mini games and the hub world. I don't know why, right? Yeah. Why though? Like what an yeah. insane no, I, I, choice. I did not notice that, but yeah, that is, that is bizarre. Yeah, Really, really weird. And if it did it everywhere, like if everywhere, any button would unpause the game, I would have just been like, huh, weird. But the fact that it's not consistent is mind boggling, right? Because yeah. that means there is unique code in different places that make the pause function behave differently. So that's staggering, but 
uh, in the uh, Bartman and what I called Dr. Barrio, right? When you're in the bloodstream, because it's like, ah, you know, you're nice. trying to get the virus. Yeah. Um, the In those two stages, those are mechanically arguably the same thing, right? In the, the Bartman yeah. stage, you are flying from left to right, but you are moving kind of against your will, right? That you're sort of progressing automatically and you have perfect uh, two dimensional movement. You can go up and down, you can go left and right because you're flying. And when you're in the bloodstream, you can go up and down, you can go left and right because you're swimming, right? In uh, the Bartman stage, one of your buttons will make you attack and you fire your little slingshot in the Dr. Barrio stage two of the buttons make you attack. And once you have like latched on to a, a, like a virus cell, three of the four face buttons will pump him up. Why? Why? Those are basically the same game. Why do they have 100% differently programmed controls? And why in the Bartman stage, do you not have multiple attack buttons? Right? It, it's just like, it it's, it doesn't make any damn sense to me, but here, here is no question. The one that made me lean back in my chair, pinch the bridge of my nose and go, ah, I'm going to have to talk about this <laughs> in the Bartzilla stage. In the first part, when you're on foot, you automatically walk forward. If you hold left, you stop walking and you can continue to attack with the face buttons. Now, you would think the thing that would piss me off is that two of the face buttons do downward lasers and one of the face buttons does straight lasers and one of the face buttons does nothing. But what drove me to the point of insanity is that right on the D-pad is what makes you shoot the fire breath. Why? There's a whole face button that's not being used and two of the face buttons are being used for the same thing why in God's name would you put an attack in this one mini game on this one D pad button? What were they thinking? What could have possibly led to that decision being made? Well, so I, I agree on all fronts, but the one, <laughs> the one minor tweak is that actually the, 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 the two down ones, um, one of them attacks the rail and one of them attacks the tanks. Okay, fine. So, so they do technically but, do different but things. But then you still but have an empty point. face button. Correct. <laughs> right. Which should be used because then it's, it's basically Simon, you know? I mean, like that's, that's what the game becomes, right? It's, or, or DDR or anything like that, which is kind of the way I looked at that, that mini game, um, which was, you know, it's, it's just like, it's saying, you know, it's, it's opposed to saying like, you know, left, right, down, up. It's just saying, you know, like, like. Jets, tanks, rail, you know, helicopters, you know, and so then that that forces you to do those inputs in that order, right? So that's fine. But yeah, it is bizarre that one of them's a forward facing one. I think that your 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 initial thought was probably correct, which was that all of these were designed by completely different teams and you just threw them all together. So that explains the disconnect between the the Dr. Barrio and um and Bartman stage. Um doesn't doesn't still explain the incoherence within the Bartzilla stage, you know, um, because it's like, why would you do that? My only thought could be is that they're like, oh, man, if we make it all of the, the face buttons it's too easy. So we got to make it so they're using both hands, you know, or something. Y- yeah, I mean, um, but then don't you know, make uh, him automatically walk forward. Yeah, so that you have yeah. to use your your left hand to make him walk forward. Yeah. 
or whatever, you know? Um, so here's the, the one thing that I had, which is that, um, in at least the Bartzilla stage, the one where you're climbing up the, um, tower, uh, the Bartman stage and the Dr. Barrio stage. This is interesting, which is that, um, for instance, in the Dr. Barrio stage, you naturally float to the top of the screen, Mm -hmm. right? In the Bartman stage, you naturally float to the bottom of the screen, right? So you are constantly countering your natural momentum, which means that you are constantly hammering on at least a D-pad button, right? Which is it, that's a problem, right? Because and and also in the um, uh, Bartzilla stage, you're constantly if you want to be making progress at all, you're constantly hammering the up button, right? But I thought about it, and like that literally means that during those mini games, you are constantly holding down a button, and that's actually relatively uncommon in a video game because even in like Mario, right, or or similar things, you can be pressing nothing. Like a lot of times, you're holding forward, right? But you're not hammering forward to work against momentum you know like if you stop holding forward you'll just stop you'll just stop moving you know so if you need to just take a minute and figure something out like you can just stop pressing anything still be engaged in the game but you're not holding down a button um so what that does is actually like my fingers were hurting by the time i was done with a lot of those levels because i was constantly hammering down a button but it's actually poor for accessibility too because if you have any kind of problems with your hands you are going to be in trouble with this game which is i know not something that they really thought about a lot back in the day which is designing for like you know people who have those types of issues but um it really i I, (laughs) this was a weird nostalgia thing for me because i remember this being rough on my hands and I just never really knew why, you know, but now I actually have the games literacy to be like, this is the problem. Um, And it is just, it's, I don't think that it's something that, you know, is like they should have known better. I don't think that that's something that was common knowledge in game design, but it is something that history has not borne out, which is that you, you need to make it so that way in general, people's neutral state is neutral, not, drifting in one way or another. If you do that, then it's got to be the the exception, not the rule. And almost every single mini game has that as the rule, which is weird. You know, I mean, so that it, was the it, it turns it turns every single level that has that as a problem into a swimming level, right? Because yes. normally in like you think like Mario swimming and in the 2D Mario's like you got to press swim to not be sinking. And if you want to swim fast, you got to hammer it. But usually you can still drift down to the bottom of the screen and you can get to a neutral state. And even if you can't, those levels are the exception. Like you said, it's not 80% of the game where it's like, Oh, in this game, you're just going to be aimlessly drifting in this direction. This level, you're just going to be aimlessly drifting in this other direction, right? It's, it creates a weird, like I need to think for just a second, better continue to give the game input <laughs> well, and I and actually to your point though, is I think one of the critical differences, and this this seems minor, but the player effect is dramatic, which is that to your point, in the Mario levels, like when you're swimming, right, like you'll naturally drift towards the bottom. That's fine. And yeah, you gotta press the X button or the the A button to um continue to swim back up. But you just gotta press it. You press it once and you jaunt up and then you can float back yeah, down. Ta- tapping is a very different thing than depressing than holding. and holding. Yeah. Correct. Yes, it's completely. So so that's the thing is that like realistically, if once every half second or full second, you're pressing a button to just keep in that neutral state, then that's fine. But if you're 
literally, if you lit up off the button for a second, you're going to start flying up to the top of the screen. That's a different input schema, and that that doesn't work quite as well. But yeah, um, yeah, no. Uh, so I don't know if this is a good time, but let's do it. <laughs> um, the cycle time on this game sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's it, bad. It's bad. But it's it it. It sucks really bad, except for one one thing that they did where I'm like, why didn't you do this everywhere? Which is the cycle time from game over to back in the game is super short. Super right? like, short. Yeah, it's just kind of like, you got a D, you're back in the game. And I'm like, oh yeah, man, that's that's super cool. There's no like, like end animation. There's no like kicking you back to the main title screen, reselecting, none of that, man. It's, it's, it's as though you didn't even get a game over. It's as though it was Inception and it was really a dream within a dream. And like you dreamed that you got the D, but now you're still dreaming, you know? But I still don't know how to get more than a few boxes in on the Indiana Bart level because... I just, every time I play it, I die two times not knowing what to try next. And then you get kicked back to the hub world, which it can take forever to find a piece of homework. You know, like, I mean, literally, because I think if you go in the wrong direction, it will just never show up. So you've got to keep jumping over mailboxes until you get a question mark that points you in the direction of the homework, which does not happen that regularly. So the most difficult, time-consuming, messy part of the game, they force you to be in forever. And then so finally, when you actually get to play the fun part, which is the levels, um, you know, like you, you can go to the Indiana bar level, that's cool. But if you die twice, then it could be minutes before you get back to just getting a homework and then it may not have the Indiana part level on it. So it could be hours or days before you get a chance to try that one thing that you screwed up. And that's wild that they decided to do it that way. So you mentioned the cycle time going from uh, your final score to being back in the game. And I noticed something after, I don't know, two or three play sessions with this game. I was like, wait a minute this isn't just a collection of mini games, which is its own whole genre, right? Like there's WarioWare and arguably like Mario party, right? Like a lot of collections of mini games games exist. I was like, this isn't just a collection of mini games. This is an arcade game. And there were two things that solidified that in my mind. One is, did you notice this game has no title screen? Hmm. Mm-hmm. If you, turn the, your console on and just literally put the controller down and do nothing. It'll show the acclaim logo and Bart goes, ah, and runs underneath it. Right. And then it just Simpsons. And then you see Bart sitting at his desk working and it gets later and later. And then he falls asleep and he smashes face down. And then you see him spiral in to the title screen that says Bart's nightmare. Right. And then it just, continues on there's no press start there's no game options there's no select one player there's no nothing once you press any button on the controller then it switches to the clouds you see bart falling through the clouds and then you land in the hub world and you're in the game like there's no like oh is there a two-player mode is there a are there could i turn the sound off can i turn the music off there's none of that there's no passwords right nothing there's no anything and when you die or when you get a couple of homework pages or when you get all of the homework pages the ending is identical 
you wake up, it shows you standing in front of the refrigerator with whatever your grade is and your score prints out on the side of the refrigerator. And I think it's supposed to look like refrigerator magnets, right? And then if you press any buttons, clouds dumped back into the hub world. I was like, this, mm-hmm. this is an arcade game because the difference between most console games and most arcade games is that they have some kind of linearity to them where there's a start and a finish. And the, the, the road between those two places may be incredibly winding, but this plays like Pac-Man like, Oh, you got an F. Okay. Play again. Oh, you got a D minus. Okay. Play again. Oh, you got an A plus. Okay. Play again. Like there's just the only thing that has even close to a good cycle time is the entire game. Because the second you finish the game, they're like, you know, it would be fun playing the game again. And they just dump you <laughs> yep. right back into the game. Yep. Yeah. No. So, um, so yeah, so that, that actually kind of, and like you said, like, this is just, it, it, this is a, a compilation of mini games. That's all it is, you know? Um, so that actually kind of goes into the way that I feel that there's two ways to play this game. One is, expert mode where you're actually <laughs> trying to get an a right where you're you're trying to beat the game but because there's no like advantage to winning like so a lot of times you want to play a game and play it well and beat the game because content is hidden behind getting further in the game right so you know even in golden axe right you know you want to see what the final boss looks like you know so you gotta you gotta get to so it gets really frustrating if you can't make forward progress in the game um with this game, that's not the case, you know? So, like, literally, from the moment that you are dropped on the, in, in the, in the hub world, within the first five minutes, if you literally played the first five minutes of the game iteratively, you'd play the whole game. You'd get all of the content out of it. There's no reason to try for the A, because why would you? So, literally, I think that there's the, you know, it, 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 it's like, in most games, there's speed running. You know, like people can be a speed runner. Trying to get the A is the difficulty level of being a speed runner, right? And and I watched the speed run for this game, and it doesn't look like any fun because there's yeah. no tricks, there's nothing clever, there's no novelty. It's literally just memorizing all of the the and memorizing all of the places you can exploit the levels, not in interesting ways, but just like oh, if I stand here, I can't get hit. And yeah. I was just like this. This doesn't look like any fun. This doesn't look like it's not fun to learn or do the speed run, and it's not fun to watch. It is fun. Is this what you want? (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think that um. So so to me, uh, (laughs) that that kind of so so I feel that a lot of times, like I'm, I I can become somewhat Machiavellian with games. So for instance, in games where there's a mid level checkpoint, and yeah, you only have a certain number of lives, and if you run out of lives, they kick you back to the beginning of the level. At the beginning of every level, I will just kill myself until I get it game <laughs> over. We start at the beginning of the level with three lives, you know, because yeah. that's that's optimal, right? Um, plus, I didn't get to intentionally die, and that's always fun. Uh, so for this game, honestly, like once I kind of realized what all was going on, I just I stopped trying to beat it, and I just literally, you know, I would get the first homework, maybe the second one, you know, and then. Uh, and then I was just kind of like, okay, I am going to experience the hub world to the degree to which I wish to experience the hub world. And then I'm just going to kill myself and and find the first, because the first homework always shows up like lightning fast. And the second homework shows up pretty fast. Um, and then after that, it gets like longer and harder, like proportionally. So I was just kind of like, alrighty, I got the first homework, got the second homework, time to die. Um, you know, and that, 
that was it. And so it's 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 odd, but I didn't find anything wrong with playing the game that way, you know? Um, which is basically I was like, and so you know, I played the Bart um Bartman level a few times and then I just stopped playing it because I'm like this it's it's time consuming and I've beaten it and I know I can beat it. So I just won't select that one because I just the only reason to play it would be to lock in that homework so I could beat the game, but I'm not trying to do that, you know? Um, so yeah, so it's just, it's, it's very odd the way they set it up, but I think it's a positive for how bananas difficult they made the game that you can, you, you can never beat this game. You can never come even close. You can fail straight up every time and still experience everything the game has to offer, which I don't think a lot of games do that. No. And, and, this is where I had a moment while I was doing my playthrough that really made me think of something you taught me, right? Which is the difference <laughs> between hard and punishing. Because it turns out that that distinction can be a matter of opinion. I found this game to be punishing because it was creating an experience that I was not enjoying. You found the game to be hard, but not punishing because you were still enjoying it. And that enjoyment is a really key ingredient in the difference between that interpretation. And so when I was trying to find the date, like the actual month and day that this game was released, uh, I found a a magazine review from some like British uh, games magazine and it's really short, right? It's just this, this dude's like hot take. It's like two paragraphs, right? Like here we had to review 25 games this week. Here's what I thought about this one. And I'm, I'm reading it and it's just, it's glowing, fawning praise. Just like hmm. we were laughing so much and it's such an amazing representation of the Simpsons. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm literally like, this is satire. There's no way. <laughs> that the, this person felt this good about it. And then right near the, like the end of the second of three paragraphs, he's like, you know, you'll probably struggle for hours and hours to even get a single page and getting all eight is damn near impossible, but you'll have a great time doing it. And it was like, ha ha ha. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is where that like coloring came in because I didn't, disagree with any of the factual things he said the the music that he liked i was like i also enjoyed that music and the visuals that he complimented i was like i also thought those were good visuals and the things that he said were objectionably or objectively weird about the controls i was like i also thought those controls were weird the difference is he had a good time doing it i didn't and i was just like oh oh this is this is why you have to make your case with facts but at the end it's still just your opinion because at the end, yes. I found this a punishing experience and you didn't and he didn't. And this is like, this is one of those divisive experiences because I think if I had gone into it knowing you're not going to win, you're not going to even come close. You're probably going to make nothing. You would even consider calling progress. But yep. if you just sort of enjoy the Simpsonsiness of it, right? And and that was that was where it fell down for me is I was just like, oh, oh. I don't really like this kind of an experience. WarioWare, this is not. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, that that's, that's kind of one of the key differences is that, you know, so normally the difference for me between a, um, a f- uh, hard game and a punishing game is cycle time. Um, so one thing that, that 
briefly tangentially that I will say is Teddy loves this game. <laughs> like he, cause he would sit there and watch me play and he was giggling like the entire time in the background. He thought it was hilarious. He thought like when Bart got on the skateboard and would like go screaming through the thing and then like go off screen and crash. Thought it was love the itchy and scratchy level. I mean, just, I would just, I would select that if he was in the room just because of what a kick he got out of it. Like, so he, <laughs> Which, which is, um, is interesting because I think that that kind of ties into, and I'll, I'll probably touch on it again in our nostalgia experience, but is that when we're saying like, does it require nostalgic goggles to play this? A, a question that can be is it's like, does it require you to be a certain age to play it? Not nostalgia <laughs> goggles, but literally it's just like, it's the problem that I liked this as a kid, therefore I like it as an adult, or I liked it as a kid because I was a kid and it's aimed at children. And now that I'm an adult, I don't enjoy that as much because I'm an adult, which I think like that, that kind of blew my mind where I was like, Oh wait, did, did some of these things where I'm like, Oh man, you have to have played this as a kid in order to get it. It's like, am I saying that because I'm not enjoying it now as an adult because I didn't play it as a kid or I'm not enjoying it as an adult because I am not a child, which is a little bit different. But I mean, it's, the- it's like nursery rhymes. It's not that nursery rhymes are, bad they are specifically designed to be palatable to the tastes of a very young child yeah um but to the um to the cycle time i think that it's a is it i think that that same premise can be used here for the punishing versus difficult but i think that the issue is the way we're defining the cycle time like because i was defining the cycle time as the amount of time that passed between failure and getting to experience more of the game and you were defining it as the difference between when you lost and when you got the chance to win again. Right. And you never really felt like you got the opportunity to win because basically, you know, you're like, okay, I played and now I'm like, I I took an extra hit and now I am hours away from, because like I just got punted back to the beginning and it takes forever to find anything and to do anything. It takes 22 forevers in this friggin' hub world. And for me, I was just kind of like, no, I just want to play the mini games. So I'm just going to play a couple of mini games and I'm going to die and play some more mini games. Like there's, if if you just, if after you get the first homework and you miss, or if you succeed or fail, you just kill yourself and then try again. Like you're playing the game the whole time. Like, and, and, and the, the amount of time that passes between when you, got to play a mini game and you got to play another one, it's, it's relatively tight. So, you know, that, that, so I think that what we're defining as between failure and try again is what's the, what the difference is. Cause you were actually trying to win. I, and I was, and I wasn't, and that <laughs> ruins, utterly ruins the experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, because and, yes. and this, this is where uh, like a start screen could possibly benefit you. Right. Or I don't know, maybe I don't have the original book for this. Maybe in the original book, they're like, by the way, Right. So, I mean, like if I had gone into it with the correct understanding, but th- this to me is where I can place blame back on the game because game doesn't do anything to tell you any of this. Right. Like yeah. the, the only reason I even made it to the understanding that I was playing the game wrong is because I noticed things like, oh, the you see the end scene no matter what if you just if you go in and you die in the hub world and you never get into a mini game you still see the end scene they're disappointed in you you have an f right the the game plays out identically and it starts up identically and that's very arcadey that's very you're just here for fun there isn't a grand story there isn't a stated objective there is but really the letter grade is just a 
it's not only is it a metaphor for the score, but literally the difference between getting an A and getting a B plus is your score. It's not just enough to collect the pages. You have to also have gotten a high enough score in the levels while you were collecting the pages. So it's like if I had known all of that going in, I might have had a different experience, but I didn't. And the only reason I was able to even arrive at that conclusion is because I have a fairly sophisticated games literacy where I was able to like reverse engineer what they must have been trying to do. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the Pac-Man analogy analogy kind of holds because it's, it's, but with Pac-Man, it's very, very clear is it's, it's the same stage all the time, but it would be like, if you said, you know, okay, my goal is to get to a high score of 700,000, right? And 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 if you pin that as your goal in Pac-Man, you're going to have a bad time because, you know, the amount of time, like if you all of a sudden get hit when you shouldn't and you lose a life, you're like, well, shit, this whole run is now dead. You know, but if it's just kind of like, um, oh, well, you know, I'm playing the game and, uh, you know, well, just, hey, I'm just playing the game. And if I get a high score, that's cool. If not, I die and I go back to the beginning. But I'm playing the game the whole time, like, whatever like this this gameplay in order to enjoy it is way closer to pac-man than it is to what the game feels like it should be which is like a a mega man or mario or something like that where you're progressing through the level and what the other simpsons games that i had played are like all of the ones that are on the nes are literally platformers with a clear stated objective and there are failure conditions and victory conditions so like to go into a super Nintendo game. That's like, no, it's actually sort of an arcade game in disguise. And you just kind of have to know that. Like I, I had a bad time. If you don't know it's Pac-Man, you're going to have a bad time. I had a bad time. So, uh, did it, uh, no, no, shut up. (laughs) Of course it didn't hold up. No, this for me was a hundred percent nostalgia goggles. And I will give it the asterisk of if you know, what you are getting in for, you might be able to enjoy it. But the hitbox is garbage. The controls are a con- just a constant mess. The fact that um, I don't know how many times you can fail before you actually get kicked to the end screen. I thought it was two, but I think it might be three. Or maybe you can like get secret continues that I don't know or understand. And and that like those little inconsistencies. Sometimes you can be one shotted. Sometimes you have lives. Sometimes you have a health meter and there's all of these combinations, right? Sometimes you have lives and and health. Sometimes you have lives, but no health. Sometimes you have health, but no lives. Sometimes you have neither, right? It's just, and it's just one shot and you're done. So like, it's just, it's such a confusing muddled mess. And I get that it's a mini game compilation, which means that literally these probably were made by different teams and then they stitched it together, which is why it absolutely feels like that's what happened. But I just, I, I couldn't recommend this dude. Not when I know that there's good Simpsons games out there. And if you want to play a collection of mini games, just go play WarioWare. Like I couldn't in good conscience recommend this to somebody. I didn't enjoy it. There was a lot of swearing. There was a lot of controller squeezing. And even once I got to the point where I knew, oh, I've been playing the game antithetical to the way they are intending me to play the game, I still couldn't enjoy it because I was like, the game's just broken. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, for me, I, I'm just, I, I I don't know if I can come down one side or another. I'm right on the fence of like this full nostalgia goggles and nostalgia monocle just because I I enjoyed this playthrough. The, but the thing is, it is, as you said, it is mission critical that you know what you're getting into. So like if I say, if, if, if I'm looking at it from the sense of like, well, 
if somebody just went back and played this game, then I'd be like, no, nostalgia goggles required. But if you can get out in front of that person and let them know what they're in for beforehand, then I'd kind of give it a nostalgia monocle just because, again, like if you just kind of say like, look, because here's, here's I think the ideal way to experience this game, right? Is to um, pick it up, play it for about a half an hour and then put it down and maybe never play it again. You know, so like, should you buy this game? No. Should you even <laughs> rent this game? No. Like, it's not that good of a game, you know? But if somebody said like, hey, I've got, you know, Bart's Nightmare. You want to swing by and, you know, like, like it just happens into your lap to where you could play it for about a half an hour with no money or anything put into it, right? Like, you're just like, I'm going to play this game for about half an hour. I'd be like, yeah, that's not bad. So I feel like that the game kind of comes to the table, you know, like, like, does it have things they're positive yes have things that are negative but basically you know the game comes to the table and just says well excuse me for having enormous flaws that i don't work on the curtain falls the music plays the credits roll then it all fades to black and you're left by yourself the fanfare is gone there's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land. Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you've lost for a while. 